On July 16, 1945, at 5.29 a.m., the world changed forever. Up until that point, there was strong theory supporting the idea that enormous amount of energy could be unleashed by splitting an atom. At 5.29 on that day, that theory became indisputable reality, and the world was never the same. My name is Jeff Durso, Inc. 500 founder and startup fanatic, and this is Founder Breakthroughs. That test on July 16, 1945, was codenamed Trinity, and today we're going to talk about how founders can pursue their own Trinity moment in their startup, and how this type of nuclear demonstration can give them huge momentum. Now let's dive in. But before we go deep on the idea of a Trinity moment, let's first clear up a misconception that a lot of founders have around a famous quote. Paul Graham once said, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, then you shipped too late. And in the theme of minimum viable product or MVP thinking, the idea is that most founders stuff their launch with too many features and thus ship much later than they could have. Taken the right way, this quote gets to the heart of how MVP should be used to cut all but the absolutely critical features required to make your first product viable. However, taken to an extreme, as many founders do, this quote can be misinterpreted to mean you should cut corners on every feature of your product when you ship. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, once you've properly cut out all but the most critical features, you must pick the core features and really think through how to do something amazing around those features. In other words, how can you go super deep around the core feature to deliver an experience that wows or delights your new customers, that captures their attention, that makes them want more? And if you were to survey them about how they would feel if your startup suddenly disappeared, they would answer, very disappointed. So, embarrassment may be an overstatement of the goal. Once you've cut out all the non-core features, you really want to shine on the core. Or in the case of startups that are looking to dent the universe, you may want to go one step further and find your Trinity moment. Let's frame it this way. In February 2007, the cover of Forbes magazine asked the question, can anyone catch Nokia? Apple put that one to rest pretty quick a few months later with their own Trinity moment, with the launch of the iPhone. To understand a Trinity moment, take what you've learned about the 80-20 rule, where 80% of the value of something can be unlocked with that 20% of effort, and look to another place where value is created, where you go all the way to the end of the rabbit hole and you unlock something fundamentally new, like the iPhone. Though it's rare, and it can take enormous work, when it happens, a trinity moment changes everything. And for many startups, it can be the opportunity to stand out. And for some startups, it might be the only way to succeed. Here's why. Early in my college career, at a freshman seminar, Marvin Minsky, then head of MIT's Media Lab, told us about a principle that plays out in the technology world. When an innovation comes out and delivers a 10 or 20% improvement over what is existing, it gets ruthlessly clobbered by inertia and the entrenched incumbents in the space. For example, we're all familiar with the QWERTY style keyboard, and you might think it's the standard because it's the arrangement that enables the fastest typing speeds. But in reality, QWERTY was a key arrangement used to actually slightly slow typing down on old typewriters so the keys wouldn't get jammed. Now, when this one was no longer an issue, someone invented a keyboard based on a Dvorak layout that would enable a 10 to 20% faster typing speed, but it never caught on. 10 to 20% improvement simply wasn't enough to overcome the inertia of the widely deployed QWERTY arrangement. Likewise, 
When the first video recorders came out, the options were VHS, which was acceptable quality, and Betamax, which was about 20% or so better quality. But VHS already had too much of an adoption lead and Betamax disappeared. So innovations that are 10 to 20% better can get clobbered, but those that are 10x better will clobber the existing standard. Think about the transistor. The first few years after it came out, the vacuum tubes actually got better from competition, but transistors were far superior and won out in the end. It was a Trinity moment. Now, I had my own Trinity moment years ago when Mike Connell and I were building Native Numbers, a number sense curriculum for the iPad. We had the research and theory that proved that what we were creating could have its own Trinity moment, but when it actually happened, we were still in awe. One evening, we received a message from a teacher who said the graph had crashed when she tried to view a child's progress on an activity. I tried pulling up that child's graph, and I had the same result. It crashed on my computer as well. Now, at first, I was puzzled, but as I dove in, I saw something that stunned me. You see, the graphing tool would show the progress a child made as they completed an activity, moving from zero stars as they began up to five stars as they mastered the activity. A typical child would take between 70 and 150 or so tasks to complete an activity, and towards the end of those tasks, you'd see that their curve would stabilize towards the five-star level and remain at five at the end. So when I dug deeper into this one child's activity, I found that they had taken over 2,000 tasks to complete it. And that's why the graphing tool crashed. We just didn't design it for more than 500 tasks. But after I manually put together a graph and went through it, I saw something pretty amazing. Now, at the beginning of this child's graph for the first few hundred tasks, they were stuck in a one to two star range, struggling and struggling with slight progress as they went. But when I looked towards the end of this graph, what I saw was pretty amazing. The child was locked in at that same five star level that any other child was. So if you had taken the end of this child's graph and put it up next to any other child's graph, they'd look almost identical. And it may have taken them over 2,000 tasks compared to, say, 70 to 150 for other children. But in the end, he had mastered the activity just like any other child. That was our Trinity moment. When the teacher told us that the graph had crashed, she also told us the child was crying with pride, that he had mastered it just like the other kids, that he applied himself, that his hard work had paid off, that he can actually be good at math. And his hard work certainly had paid off. Now, when we built the app, our theory was that it could take any child from start to mastery, regardless of how many tasks that took. There was certainly nothing available then, or even now, that can make that sort of a claim. But when we saw it happen firsthand, that the app and child both stuck through over 2,000 tasks to get to that endpoint, it was a game changer. In any other context, this child would have been told, nice try, and would have been quietly moved on to the next level without actually learning the skill. With our app, he mastered it just like any other kid. And this isn't some 10 to 20% innovation. It's an order of magnitude improvement over what was out there, or is still out there. And it's what's powered the app to spread to over 725,000 children via teacher-to-teacher word of mouth. Like I said before, when something's 10x better, it clobbers what's there and it just spreads. Now, as I talk to other founders and they tell me about the amazing potential of what they're working on, I often challenge them to find their own Trinity moment, that one situation which can become a story, which can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that what they've built is a huge improvement 
over what was around before. So I hope this story brought you some ideas and maybe some inspiration. If you're working on a startup and looking to find your own Trinity moment, reach out and let me know. I'd love to hear about it and maybe even profile your story on a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to seeing you on the next show.